Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, Pittsburgh Sewer fans. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Sewer Power Half Hour here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I'm Chris. Uh, Joe's on assignment, but I got Paul with me. How are you doing tonight, Paul? I'll tell you, if I were Randy Savage, I'd be snapping into a Slim Jim. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, you stopped the show cold just this year. <laughs> and all you do at the beginning. Very interesting. Well, hey, it's been usually around this time. It gets kind of slow in Steelers country, but we've got some news we can talk about. Um, first of all, now, again, we talked about this last week of the GM hunt, and I'm not quite sure, Paul, of some of these names. So, you know, I'm, I would just be talking like crazy if I'm like, hey, this guy's great or this guy's bad. But we have our new GM. Finally. The Steelers picked Omar Khan. And, and if you're out there and you're a casual Steelers fan, you might be like, who the heck is an Omar Khan? Khan's been there for about 20 years. Yeah. He's a part of the team, and he's mostly known for it. And I'm not saying he can't do anything else, but he's a very a big uh, salary cap guru, which, if you think about it, it's really helped the Steelers over the past uh, few years because unlike other teams are always like, you know, 40, 50 million under the cap, the Steelers used to go right up to the cap limit, and they'll restructure contracts. Uh, you might be a little critical say, hey, they're kicking the can down the road. But to their credit, I think they're at least saying, hey, we're going for each year. We're not going to, you know, be rebuilding. We're, we're going to we're put our best foot forward. And Omar Khan's been part of that. He's helped out with that. Um, I'm a little unsure of exactly where he's at in terms of GM abilities. But he's been in the room with Kevin Colbert for 21 years. Yeah. I, you know, Paul, I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest GM of all time, but he deserves a shot. Yeah, I mean, crunching numbers is different than evaluating talent, but hopefully, right. you know, he's been in the organization long enough. Um, I, I do like that uh, they hired from within uh, someone who's uh, well familiar with the organization. Uh, so I, I'm optimistic. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not going out saying he's going to be the greatest GM the Steelers have ever had, but I'm. Uh, I feel good about it. And we'll, we'll see how he does. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, behind the Silk Curtain talks about his possibly contingency plan. But the Steelers also hired a assistant GM who is the former Eagles vice president player personnel, Andy Weed. Um, he's going to be their assistant GM. So I, I'm wondering, is this a way of saying, like, like you said, I, we're not sure about where he is on player development. So maybe they say, hey, you could be the GM, but let's bring in this guy who has a development experience where, yeah, you're the GM, he's the assistant, you're making the final call. But the hope is maybe um, Khan's got a guy in his ear 
to help mm-hmm. him out and just make sure he's not doing anything crazy. Yeah. I don't know that much about Andy Weed. Um, recently, the Eagles have either had really great seasons that end up with <laughs> Super Bowl wings, wins or bad seasons. Um, have you heard anything about Weed? Nope, not a thing. That's the other side of the state. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm trying to see if I can get, we can get some basic information about the guy. Which is like, it's basically a whole different state from... Right. I mean, there, there's Western PA. They should just divide and officially be two separate states. It, it's interesting. I'm seeing an article. He is a Pittsburgh native. So it's a homecoming for him. Hmm. Um, he was a candidate for the Steelers GM job this offseason. Um, that's kind of interesting. And, and again, we're comparing apples and oranges because our jobs are different than the GM of an NFL team. Um, kind of strange. It's it's like if you'd be applying for, like you're a pastor, like a senior pastor organization, or if I apply to be the main editor of a paper, I don't get that job, but to say, hey, you can be the assistant editor, or Paul, you can be the assistant pastor. I mean, it's happened before. I've heard of times that it's happened, but it's kind of interesting when you go for a GM, and they say, hey, you'll, we're not giving the GM job, but we're giving the assistant GM. Kind of interesting. I, I don't necessarily think it's bad, but it's a little bit different. Yeah, it, uh... Yeah, I, I have some thoughts, but I know it would be speculation. Just, you know, is... Is Omar not interested in doing this for a long time? I And this is kind of the... From the get-go transition plan. I, I, that purely speculation, but I... Yeah, it, it, you never know. I mean, it's just the Eagles last year. Um, Eagles were competitive, right? Obviously, they didn't go super far. They're, they're I mean, they're, I'm seeing predictions of them actually leading the division this year, which seems like a stretch, but, I mean, Dallas well, finds ways to shoot themselves in the foot. So, I, Didn't the Eagles barely get in the playoffs, or, or am I nuts? Yeah, they. I mean, it, it wasn't a stellar year. I mean, they were, they were kind of on the fringe. But well, but if you look at a guy, I mean, he wasn't their main guy with the Eagles. But if you look at a guy in player development, at least you want a team that's somewhat competitive. You know, like you don't want, like, okay, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars player development. And you're like, oh no, you know, <laughs> they haven't done well for a while. So, hey, at least they got a good guy. And honestly, and I feel bad saying this. We're Steelers podcasters. And, I mean, we should be like, yes, I know what Omar kind of had for lunch today or something. I'm not super GM savvy. So, like I said, I, I can't tell you how this uh, mix will fare. But at, at least Khan's in the room. And hopefully Khan's been paying attention in the past 21 years. I got no reason to believe he isn't. But hopefully um, he's there. And hopefully things will turn out well. Oh, and he, uh, Weedle was a, a scout with the Steelers in the 90s early 90s. Alright. And, and that's where things started getting good, right? I mean, they uh, um, you know, 88 and 89 were kind of rough, but you know, starting in 91, they had some good teams, so hopefully he was part of that. Yeah. Hopefully you picked the right guys. Like, hopefully it wasn't picking, like, Dion figures or guys that didn't go well. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, he was there during the great times, but he always picked the bus. You know, no. I mean, 
so I'm feeling I'm feeling good about this. Again, I I I'm, would be ridiculous, you know, putting a lot of constructive thought into this. But hey, I, I'm behind it. It's like Kenny Pickett. That wasn't my first choice for quarterback, but he's not the worst choice. And hey, he's the pick. Let's back him, and hopefully things go well. So that's kind of feel about Omar Khan. I mean, uh, you know, I've got no reason to think it wouldn't be a good pick. So uh, yeah, let's leave, let's leave it at that. Um, interesting week this week. And I got to tell you, Paul, in the news business, it's been kind of eventful for other reasons. So I have been following OTAs. Snap by snap, but l- let's take a look at some of our behind the steel curtain coverage of OTAs. Um, Paul, you're over in the Pittsburgh area. Did anything stick out to you from what you heard, read, or maybe what you've seen covered? Because obviously you're in the the breadth of Steelers media. Honestly, I've uh, I've been a little shut off of sports news uh, the past few weeks. Not intentional, just. Uh, so yeah, I've just seen a few social media things here and there. Um, nothing earth-shattering by any means. Well, let's take a look at coverage from our, our great leader, Jeff Hartman. Um, let's look at day one. Uh, Jeff saying, uh, quarterback six center stage, which uh, makes sense. I mean, the Steelers looking for a quarterback for the first time in 18 years. Um, you know, you saw Mitch Trubisky. You saw Mason Rudolph. Uh, answering questions about the off season, the current workouts, uh, they're saying all the right things. Um, uh, Trubisky uh, kind of clarified some comments made in the media, where he said the Steelers didn't really tell me explicitly they were going to draft a quarterback when he signed, so it wasn't like they def- they, they didn't say we're not, but they didn't say that we are, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and and that's. Uh... When, when I saw that, uh, I wanted to say, really, Mitch? I mean, it, it's not like you're you're not Aaron Rodgers. You know, right. it's uh, of course they're going to be. You know, I, I don't know of anyone here who's just locked in on. Yep, Mitch is the guy for the next ten years. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be interested to see what ends up happening. Um, you know, Mason Rudolph, he's diplomatic. I mean, as long as he's there, he's going to, you know, be competitive. I would say that I would really think, I mean, um, Chris Oladokun, I, I wouldn't say is is the future quarterback, but I would say to save money if he's okay, you know, I'd rather keep him at third. You know, your third quarterback will save you money over keeping Mason Rudolph. But, hey, at least let Mason play for a little bit. Make sure that Mason didn't, like, you know, jack up in the offseason and become Pat Mahomes. But, <laughs> you know, hey, I would give Mason Rudolph a chance if he comes in and goes crazy. I, I don't have any reason why he would. But, but you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, there is a, a video in bed. Where they were looking at different guys, and let me turn the volume down. Um, you know, it's showing a video of uh, our guy um, Austin, Calvin Austin the third. He looks pretty quick. Yeah, uh, and I really I when I think about who they drafted and what the offense, I I, I saw a thing. I think it was yesterday that we have the the least expensive offense in the NFL for this year, but I'm really excited about the pieces we have. Um, I'm not, 
I'm not down on Trubisky, but I'm not thrilled about him. Uh, I'm anticipating he'll be the week one starter. But I'm really excited about the potential of Pickett and Harris in the backfield, some of the, the new weapons we have. I And if if we can truly see Matt Canada's offense, because I, I don't think we've seen that yet, um, it could be an exciting offense to watch. At least they have options. I, you know, I was kind of pushing Malik Willis a little bit. I, I think the faulty thing in my logic was if you got Malik Willis, you had to start Trubisky. I mean, I would have been stunned if Willis was ready to play day one. Yeah. But now with Pickett, and again, I think the jury saw in Pickett, but that said, now you, you've got two options. Hopefully one of the two, you know, propels himself to the starter. I, I like, as Paul, you're saying about the moves with um, Austin and um, Pickens. Sorry, I almost forgot his name. Um, you've got now... Guys could be competitive with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And now, let's don't make Austin the Tyreek Hill the first year. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> he could be a good player without ever getting to that, you know, right uh, skill level. But now I think with the third and fourth guys, you've got guys. I mean, I remember, Paul, when we first started doing this thing, I was in love with all the Steelers receivers. I said they're definitely a strength of the team, and they've all stunk in different ways. <laughs> so I'm hoping Austin and Pickens can really push those guys. Here's and... my expectation. Just catch the ball, and I will be thrilled with their performance. <laughs> well, and let me deliver a personal message to one Deontay Johnson out there. I'm hearing from more media members that Deontay Johnson routinely uh, blocks people. So apparently Deontay Johnson can't be followed by a bunch of sewage members, whatever. But <laughs> but the thought with Deontay Johnson is, hey, can you flash this year? I don't hate Deontay Johnson. I don't like the way he played last year. I want him to right. play like a number one guy that you have to game plan around. So, yeah, I'm sure he's probably a little frustrated going, oh, my gosh, they drafted two receivers high. Don't they trust me? Okay, well, there's some distrust, or they wouldn't have drafted two receivers high. But Deontay Johnson... Make yourself better. I, I mean, well, these I, other two guys are rookies. Hey, if you improve your skill level, you'll beat P Pickens out least for the first year. I, I mean, what I want to see is from all four of them. Um, I, I think Claypool is always going to kind of be that sideline threat, um, but for the other three, I'm. I'm not convinced it's entirely their fault. A lot of the drops were. I feel like, because again, the past couple seasons, it was so predictable. Johnson runs a yard, turns around, catches the ball, turns around, tries to run. If you can get these guys in stride, they could be exciting to watch. Um, it depends on them catching the ball, but... If you actually utilize the speed and hit them in stride, uh, which we really, uh, for the most part, we haven't really been able to watch that yet, and I'm looking forward to that. Well, I had a man crush on Chase Claypool. But I mean, we spent, at his rookie year, we weren't on Beyond Stoker, and we were doing our own thing. But, you know, if you go back to his episodes, I mean, it was Chase Claypool this, that, the everything, he's wonderful. And, yeah, maybe he's not going to be Randy Moss. Maybe he's not going to be Calvin Johnson like I was throwing out during his rookie year. But you could be better than you are, 
you know, Chase yeah. Claypool. And, and yeah, okay, the Minnesota thing was a bad night where you single first down, you uh, <laughs> wasted 45 seconds with see if I could have come back and won the game. And I'll forgive that. You're a young guy. I did silly things when I was a young guy. But there was other parts of the year where you took a step back. Yeah. Flash. Yeah. I understand Big Ben wasn't throwing the ball down the field like he used to. But, okay, you've got two guys where, believe me, Trubisky's not a down-the-field thrower. But if it's Trubisky or Pickett, hopefully they have a little more pop in their arm than Big Ben had last year. Do something. Even if you're catching a two-yard pass again trying to run. Do something, guys. I mean... Well, I think that's one with whether it be Trubisky, Pickett, or Rudolph. Brett Mason, Rudolph the third. Right. Um, I think any three of those guys in their sleep could probably sling it better than Ben did last year. And I'm not trying to be a Ben hater, but I mean, but <laughs> it is what it is. Right. But those guys bear flash because and again, let's see how they play on the field. But Pickens looks like a feisty Michael Irvin. He's tough. He's physical. He's big. Austin, and again, it's unfair to Austin we even saying Tyree Kill. But he's got that upside, I think, where he could be. Maybe not Tyree Kill, but a fast, down-the-field guy that still haven't had recently. Well, those guys could flash ahead of Claypool and Johnson. Yeah. I, I mean... I, I, I mean we, we don't need any of them to be Hall of Famers. Uh, we, we need to see them take the field and be solid. And uh, I think the Steelers will be fine if they can just be solid, capable wide receivers. Uh, none of them have to be elite level um, for the Steelers to be successful. Well, assuming they pay up on Minka Fitzpatrick, which all indications are is they're working on a deal. All indications are both sides are interested. All indications are it's going to happen. There's not going to be as much money next offseason. There just won't be. You paid... TJ, Minka, you know, I mean, it's going to be tighter than it was this offseason. So, Deontay Johnson may not get that contract for Sears anyway. They may not be yep. able to afford him. But, hey, Deontay, if you want a lot of money next year, flash from the Steelers. Even if the Seriously? Steelers say, hey, we can't pay you and we got some draft picks. Hey, if you play well, you'll you'll play ahead of uh, Pink, uh, Pickens. You'll, pay, you'll play ahead of Chase. You'll play ahead of Austin, but I'll tell you, and again, they're not time kill or Mike Irving yet, but man, I think those young guys are hungry and they could overtake Deontay or Claypool, even if they're not the next Irving or Hill. Yeah. <clears throat> Break yeah, it's, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And honestly, the Sewers offense was predictable. I remember I, I hosted one of the BTHC shows right after I picked Austin. I didn't know enough about him. Like, is this really a good pick? And everybody on that panel was like, yep, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. <laughs> and the more I see him, I'm, I, I like him. Again, he's not amazing, but he seems to have come at a really great value at round four. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a break. Um, here on the Pittsburgh Steel Power Half Hour on BehindSteelCurtain.com. We'll be right back.
All right, back here on Behind the Steel Curtain, um, Pittsburgh Zero Power Half Hour. Again, I'm Chris. Uh, we're the Ohio guys. We're originally from Ohio. I also, and Chris P is my name. <laughs> I also have Paul Yancheck with me. Paul, again, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, I hope Joe's doing well on assignment. Yes, yes. We're thinking about Joe tonight, so hopefully everything's okay. Um, let's go over a couple of notes from this OTAs that I thought were interesting. Um, day one, uh, there was some discussion about Kendrick Green. Uh, you know, didn't have a great um, year as a senator last year. Uh, one of Big Ben's final thoughts before he took off for retirement was he said, hey, I think Kendrick Green could be a better guard. And people picked up on that. Um, you're seeing uh, Kendrick Green um, playing a little bit of guard and center on OTAs, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the O-line is going to be something the Steelers have to significantly improve upon and, you know, shift some of these guys around and, and see if maybe they flourish in a spot where, you know, just experiment. I mean, why not? Yeah, it sounds like Kendrick Green, again, this is the first day of OT, so let's not go too crazy about it. But it sounds like you might have a competition between Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green for the starting left guard spot. How about that? Did not did not see that coming. That, that That's surprising. I think you and I are probably a little bit more higher on Kevin Dotson than the team is. I mean, he had that good year. I, I, the Sooners aren't as thrilled for some reason. And I think, to be fair, that was probably because we were comparing him to the rest of the O-line, which was right. subpar. And so if you're better than subpar, it's really not saying a whole lot. It's like if you have a blister, and, and but the rest <laughs> of your body is leprosy and, you know, I'm not sure whatever disease we can make up that's not really offensive. But, you know, if you have leprosy and a blister, the blister sounds great. But the blister's not that great, you know? Yeah. So, And also, too, it's kind of interesting. We're thinking James Daniels, the big lineman they got from Chicago, probably is your right guard. So you got to move the, the guys to the other spot. Yeah. And I guess that's assuming Mason Cole could be your center. So you got Daniels as right guard, Cole as center. And then you pick out between um, Green and Dots. And again, First day of OTAs, it could change a million times, but that might be interesting. I wish, and I've never heard anything saying, hey, Dotson could be a tackle. I still hope we get a tackle out, but who knows. Yeah, that that would be, that'll be a nice day when we have an offensive line figured out and we're excited about the five guys that are, putting their fingers in the dirt there Sunday after Sunday. Going to be interesting. Also some discussion about inside linebacker. Be an interesting year. Um, I think one of the big questions that um, Sewer fans are interested in is Devin Bush. Um, Hopeful about Devin Bush. I mean, he's, he'll be, um, you know, hanging out with Brian Flores. Hopefully that helps him. Uh, Flores is a linebackers coach. Um, Miles Jack. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Miles Jack might be the most talented free agent they got. We don't talk about Miles Jack as much. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, Bush and Jack as linebackers. Um, 
you know, there's some discussion this article about Buddy Johnson. Uh, Buddy didn't play that much last year. They're saying, hey, is he going to be forgotten or not? Um, Mark Cavoy of um, the Athletics says, hey, I think this is the year Buddy Johnson helps the, the defense. And the funny thing about it, too, and uh, to answer another question we're going to answer tonight, um, I think a lot of the, the draft picks make it. Uh, if a guy may not, I'm thinking maybe that Mark Robinson from Ole Miss, uh, he was a seventh-round pick as a linebacker because there's a ton of linebackers out there. Um, I watched some good reports about him, but I don't know. Buddy Johnson may not make it. And if he doesn't make it, maybe Mark Robinson doesn't make it either. I, I can't help but think, and I know Tomlin is loyal to his guys and – he really likes Devin Bush. Obviously, traded up to get him. I hope Bush is on a short leash because uh, he's he has got to live up to what we did to get him. Uh, I mean, he's got to up his game, or else yeah. I, I would be happy to see what Buddy Johnson can do. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to see Buddy Johnson even and or Mark Robinson get. Um, these guys aren't super fast, so I'm a little bit nervous about both of those guys covering like running backs or linebackers in pass coverage. But both uh, Johnson and Robinson are good tacklers. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, good hardcore tacklers were great in the 90s and 2000s. I'm not sure if that works out as much in the 2020 NFL, but I don't know. But that, that okay, let me rant for a second. Sure, yeah, right away. Tackling in the NFL now is driving me insane. It's just, it's glorified pushing. We're just right. pushing people down. I mean, wh why are we not tackling? Well, I, I, I'm sitting on a couch watching games. Why are defenders no longer actually wrapping arms around somebody and taking them to the, it's just like, use your shoulder to push them down. I, I, it, it drives me crazy. It's nuts. Um, we're getting near time, but a couple of real quick things I wanted to throw out there. Interesting quote from Kevin Dotson. He was talking about, um, and, and if you think about this, with the retirement of Big Ben, you always looked at old school Steelers that have been around for a while. I mean, you know, Cam Hayward's almost your graybeard now. Uh, but, you know, Dotson's like, hey, I think it's weird because there's nobody from the old time. There's nobody from the old legacy. I We kind of disagree with that. I think Cam Hayward definitely fits in from the old legacy. But he's like, hey, it's like now we're building our own culture. We gotta do what we can do and still play the Steeler way and do what we can. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him continue to play the Steeler way. That's where I sort of like the team. I I don't know. I mean, you, you know, the knock on Kevin Dotson, is he, is he the hardest worker? Um... <laughs> You know, hey, I got faith in these guys. Hopefully they can play well and everything. But when you look at, like, the Steeler way, you know, I'm thinking of Chase Claypool, you know, wasting 40 seconds <laughs> trying to single a first down. I mean, I mean, they're hard workers. I mean, hopefully we can look at guys like T.J. Wyatt as the Steeler way. But right. I don't know. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm excited about this coming season because it's an opportunity to as this alludes to, it's an opportunity to create a new culture. Um, and I think that's long needed uh, to develop a new culture, a new identity, still faithful to the Steeler way, 
but you know, to kind of step out of the shadows of the big Ben's in that era, because really when you think about Ben's era for as successful as it was for all the winning seasons that the Steelers had at the end of the day, I, I kind of look at this era as underachieving. Right. I mean, on multiple fronts. I mean, times when I thought, you know, this is the Steelers year and they, I mean, part of it was Brady's fault, but I just, I, I felt like it was just continual disappointment. Uh, and not, and it, that sounds horrible because we're in the playoffs like constantly, but it just, it felt like high expectations, low delivery. Or, or to make that next step. I mean, thank goodness they're a playoff team, but you look at the past two years. I mean, yeah, they start out the year 11 and 0, and even though they came in with a home playoff game, you know, we didn't have confidence that the Steelers were going to make it, you know, the Super Bowl, yeah. you know, two years ago. And last year, hey, you know, great, valiant efforts to rescue a season where they've gotten beat bad by a couple of different teams, and they still were able to find a way in the playoffs. But you knew, I mean, we were trying to figure out ways that the Sewers would beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, and obviously that was far-fetched. <laughs> but, um, but, so, I mean, to your point, I, I think they're good enough to still be a playoff team, and I, I think the same thing could easily happen this year. But the chan- the thought is, and obviously, and Omar Khan said this when he had his first quotes to Sewers GM, is how do we get to that Super Bowl ring? And yeah. They need to step up a little bit. I think series could easily still be a playoff team, but I'm not sure about second, third round in the Super Bowl. You know? I mean, looking at the schedule, uh, it dawned to me that you know they're probably going to end up pretty close to the same record as last year. Yeah, um, and maybe they surprise us and win a couple more games than expected, which would be great. Um, so there, there's no reason to think that we're the playoffs are out of the question. Now, obviously, with Cincinnati on top of the heap, um, the, the Browns are definitely going to be dangerous uh, with Watson, and the Ravens will still be. So the competition is going to be tough, but I think the Steelers shouldn't go into the season thinking, oh, we've got no shot at the playoffs. After OTAs, we're going to have a probably a month of slow news and – I know some of our other shows on the network have done the schedule game where they go for the schedule, pick wins, losses. We haven't done it yet, but we've had a lot of other stuff to talk about. Maybe next week or two when we say, man, it's getting slow. News is starting to trickle. We play a schedule game. I'll give you a hint because I've been kind of thinking about this a little bit in my head. They start the year at Cincinnati. I can see that. <coughs> potentially being a game like last year when they beat Buffalo. Now, again, I'm not saying the Sooners are going to go 17-0. <laughs> I mean, I still think even if they beat Cincinnati, they're going to be in the same boat as they were when they beat Buffalo. But I think that's a possible, gettable game. I mean, you look at there's a Super Bowl hangover, especially with teams that um, you know get to Super Bowl and lose. And I think the Bengals are still going to be a good team. But, man, it's going to catch him. There's a lot of very overconfident Bengals fans. And, you know, hey, the Bengals have a good offense and everything. 
But the, the I, thing that scares good. me about the Bengals, though, with with coming off of that high, is usually like a team coming off uh, losing a Super Bowl. Like there, there's kind of been a couple years of success, and they get a little casual. Where the right. Bengals just so skyrocketed that I don't know that they've fallen into this. You know, we're the kings of the castle, so you we're owed this win. Uh, I feel like they're still going to go in and give it everything they've got. If I was a Bengals fan, thank goodness I'm not. <laughs> but I would be very afraid this offseason. I, I would be saying, hopefully Joe Burrow's putting in work. I know they got their offensive line on paper got a lot better than it was last year. But hopefully those guys are putting in work. I, I mean, guys, team's going to get complacent. I mean, there's a year yeah. for the Steelers have been complacent. You know, I totally get that, but man, it's going to be strange. Alright, well, Thanks for checking out the Sewers Power Half Hour. Again, I'm Chris Pugh, Paul Yancheck, uh, Joe's on assignment. We hope we'll be back next week. Um, I, I gotta say this, uh, Paul. You know, when I was a kid, you know, in the off season, there wasn't that much Steelers news. You know, I'd hope to see that maybe one AP article every two, three weeks. But you know, one of the great things about being part of behind the steel curtain, and you don't have to be a member or a employee of them. Be a fan. You're listening to us. Can you imagine all the content out there? I mean, Paul, just tons of content every day about the sewers, what's going on, the news of the day, lots of analysis articles, kind of breaking down Kenny Pickett's game, what he can do, what he needs to do better, plus podcasts. Uh, Paul, we have, what, two, three podcasts a day on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So all the Steelers news you ever need, a lot of Analysis, opinion, silliness is what we provide. Check all of that out. Um, trying to think of a show that pops out, but I, I want to salute our leader, Jeff Hartman. He does the Let's Ride podcast. Uh, he has his Ride or Die crew. Um, Paul, I don't think I've joined the Ride, ride or Die crew yet, but <laughs> join in with Jeff. Uh, it's all exciting stuff, so. For Paul, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the Behind the Steel Curtains Sealer Power Half Hour. Have a great night, everybody.